This episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast is brought to you in part by No Judges Needed BJJ Apparel and Lavender Lane CBD Products. You can use the promo code JJT for 20% off your first order at No Judges Needed and the code JJTimes20, all uppercase, last two items are numerical, for 20% off your first order of CBD products. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher. And today we welcome another special guest to the studio, uh, BJJ Purple Belt and MMA fighter with a record of 8-1 and one as of recording. Uh, he is currently competing in the UFC's lightweight division, Matt Frivola, everybody. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Just finishing up this fight camp. I'm heading to Vegas a week from today, and uh, I'm ready to go. Well, that's definitely something we, you know, it's it's. I'm always waiting for when we have an MMA fighter come on, and I ask if they're ready for the next fight, and they just go, "No, you know, I'm kind of <laughs> iffy on it. I'm not ready to go. I'm not feeling." <laughs> it's funny. Correct me if you're wrong, Maddie, because we always like Billy and I always laugh about that a little bit. It's kind of what you. It's kind of the thing you ask a fighter. How you feeling? Yeah. You get ready, and it's like you know, I man, like. I feel like dog shit. Like I'm getting ready for a fight. Like I'm eating like a handful of peas and a, and a chicken breast and people are trying to kill me for the last three weeks. Yeah, Am I Hannah, ready? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing, ready. But please leave it alone. I don't really want to talk about I'm forced to do thing. Yahoo with YouTube Yahoos and it's just like, <laughs> ah, what, what am I doing, man? My neck hurts. Shit. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a tough ride, but uh, I would, I'd rather be doing this than uh, working some other jobs. So oh, shit, I'm, I'm happy about it. I currently work in the produce section of a grocery store, and I can I can honestly say I've almost turned into an MMA fighter during my shift, given the people I have to interact with. So <laughs> I definitely get it. So for some of our viewers that might not be uh, aware of you, why don't you give us a, a brief rundown of how you you found yourself in the in the world of martial arts? You know, were, were you always into it, or did you get into it? What what age did you get into it? Um, well, you know, I've always been like an athlete growing up. I got a twin brother. We were always playing, playing football, playing baseball, you know, growing up. Um, but then I started wrestling. My first like real combat sport was, uh, wrestling. But I, I also actually, I also did a little, little Taekwondo when I was like, when I was little, you know, breaking the boards and stuff. And, but, uh, I really started competing when I was, uh, wrestling in uh, middle school and in high school. And then uh, I graduated from high school and, and I was uh, attempting to play some college football and college lacrosse. And then uh, I realized pretty quick that I wasn't going to get to the NFL. And uh, I missed I missed that uh, that competition. And uh, and that, that's when I, I found jujitsu. And uh, I was born and raised in Long Island. So right away I went to uh, Matt Sarah's gym, Sarah BJJ, and uh, started training with Matt Sarah for about about four or five months. And then I was transferring down to uh, the University of Tampa, and uh, Matt Sarah point, uh, pointed me in the direction of uh, Matt Arroyo, and uh, I started training with Matt Arroyo in uh, uh, 2010, and uh, and I've been with him for 10 years now. And as soon as I got in there, you know, he asked my goal, what my goals were, told him I wanted to fight in the UFC, and uh, 10 years later, now now we're fighting in the UFC. <laughs> well, that's. That's honestly the dream chart. Uh, very briefly, just because we happen to have a guy who trains with Matt Arroyo, what was it? What was it like when you were unfortunate enough to meet Kevin Gallagher for the first time? <laughs> oh man, Uncle Coach Kevin. He was he was a boxer back when I first met him. Ooh, yeah, yeah. People don't know he's got some hands as well. I got a little something, something. <laughs> we actually, we actually, I reminded me to interrupt you, but I always like to tell this story because this is fun for me. Like I was the very first day that Matt, that uh, Matt Favola walked into the gym. I was actually sparring that day and kind of running sparring with, with Troy Taylor because Matt Arroyo was out of town. Matt Favola and Billy Quarantella walk into the gym separately exactly the same day at the same time and both wanted to spar. And literally for four years, I thought that they were buds from back home 
that came down to start training on the same day. I actually sparred with both of those guys on the first day. The first day they walked in the room, and it took me forever and ever and ever to realize that, no, they just it was just that type of coincidence. That's another thing that makes it just so amazing that two guys both coming to strive for the same ridiculously difficult goal both walked into gym separately at the same time, and they're both still together doing it. So. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. We, we won't talk about Billy Key. Screw that guy. He's going to get some stuff. But he, 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 he might figure out a way to poke his little head in anyway. He's around somewhere, I'm sure. We, I like, we, I like Matty. <laughs> so, Matt, I got a quick question for you, man. I, this is interesting to me because I, I, I didn't realize you had trained Taekwondo or karate or whatever, whatever, whatever it was in a, at a very young age. And when I watch you fight, I see a lot of those karate, uh, instincts coming through like you throw that lead kick that front kick pretty well you throw a lot of those you know the push kicks and all the other stuff like that um so karate gets this kind of misconception that it's not really you know it's kind of not necessarily worthless but it's not really user-friendly in terms of like self-defense or for fighting and i think the reason being is because you know you don't spar you can't spar karate in a full tilt and all that stuff do you feel like because you've been sparring mma and because you've been doing jujitsu which are more inclusive in full tilt sparring that you've realized hey well now that i understand how to make things work in real time i can go back and say wait a minute this karate stuff might actually have its place if i find a place to put it in there oh yeah you know as as soon as i started striking uh well i started as a grappler you know a wrestler and then did jujitsu and then as soon as i started striking and I started throwing kicks right away. My, my kicks were feeling fluent. And then I was like, well, you know, I did do about like three, four years of Taekwondo when I was like, like five, six years old. So I think, I think those, you know, that even, even that little bit of, uh, Taekwondo I did when I was young, uh, the, the instincts just came back with my kicks. My kicks were more fluent and, um, yeah, you know, it's all just, it's martial arts training and, and uh, being able to uh, uh, take uh, little aspects of each martial art and put it together to make your own uh, mixed martial artists in the cage is, is one of the, my favorite things about being a, a MMA fighter. Yeah, I, 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 I hear that a lot. And I, I, I see a lot of people that have taken stuff like karate in the past. And, and, and then when, you know, they, they kind of get to a point where they're like, oh, you know, like. No, no martial art is is useless. I wrote an article about this a little while ago about the idea that martial arts are, are, are great for whatever they're intended for. It's just the idea that you don't get to practice them in real time. So now when you start to learn how to and put things into real time, you can start to see that, wow, like these karate kicks are actually pretty useful as long as you figure out how to time them and put them in, in, in perspective and, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, just look at Wonder Boy. Yeah, exactly. 100%, oh, man. One of the, one of the most uh... – highlight real generating fighters like i think of <laughs> of all time just his kicks are just so stupid it's okay. it annoys me how like in the matrix he seems to be a lot of yeah, the time man uh, yeah, he was I, yeah i just had a question about uh jujitsu specifically now matt you uh you got your purple belt uh correct yes now i think that's really interesting because for a lot of uh mma fighters they're so busy learning everything all the time and having to combine skills that they don't uh, devote a lot enough time to really gain rank past blue belt really in uh, in jujitsu. What made you devote maybe a little bit more time than than is average to get that to get that rank? Um, you know, I, I've, I always go through phases, you know, uh, when, when I have a fight coming, it's always, I'm, I'm focused on the fight. I'm focused on putting everything together. But then after the fight, I'll go through like, like a jujitsu kick where, where I want to put on the gi and I, and I want to compete and, and I'll make sure I'm doing jujitsu every day or, or, you know, I'll go on a Muay Thai kick where I, I want to go out to Thailand and train in the mother, in the motherland out there. Or, uh, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of go through, through, uh, uh, phases and that's why the martial arts is so fun you know you could or I'll go through a wrestling kick um and then and then uh, but I feel like you definitely do need to uh focus on on each aspect but I was always a, a grappler at heart and uh I love jiu-jitsu and uh competing in jiu-jitsu you know I, I, I competed in jiu-jitsu before I ever fought 
And, uh, you know, it kind of reminded me of, of the wrestling tournaments, you know, with the with the takedowns for two points and then the pass on the guard for three points and then a submission ends it. Um, and, you know, the I always hated wrestling during wrestling season. I just hated, like, the cutting weight and all that. And, and but I, I loved, like, taking people down and slamming people and all that. And then, uh, the, you know, the jiu-jitsu and the grappling is, you know, you still have those takedowns, you still have those slams. But once it hits the ground, you get you get to choke someone or you get to try to break their arm. And, and I just love that. I think that's so much uh, funner than trying to pin someone on the ground, you know. If, um, if you'll you know, if you'll give me if you'll permit me a moment, I just love the fact that you're like, man, I hate I hate like in wrestling. I hate the dieting and the cutting weight. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be an MMA fighter where I'll never have to do either of those two things ever again. I, I wrestled, I wrestled in high school at 160 pounds and that was like 12 years ago. And now I'm fighting at 155 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Maddie, Maddie is, Maddie is a professional in, in the regards that like, I've never, there are many times when I see Maddie at the beginning of a camp where I am concerned. And across the board, no matter what, because Maddie, Maddie enjoys his time off, and we'll leave it at that. When he's not in fight camp, which I can tell you as as someone that that can relate to that, I don't I don't discount that. You know, as long as you don't go out and completely lie dormant for for three, four months, five months, and come back expect to to you know, you're doing something. But I I'm all about hey, you know what? You go through a six week fight camp, you got a horrible fight, you got a hard fight. You know, go out and live life for a little bit get kind of reconnected to who you are and realize that this isn't just a grind constantly because it's going to make you fresher and ready to go. But that being said, I've never, ever, ever once been concerned about Matt making weight. You're a constant professional. You know what you got to do and you get it done. Man. As an, uh, Uncle Coach Kevin over here might know me as uh, the cream roller. <laughs> the cream known roller. As the cream, That's known right. as the cream roller. <laughs> usually by about week week two though that guy's gone so we'll i am so disgusted with with how quick you sold your boy up a river there like you know, <laughs> you know i love matt but he enjoys his time off <laughs> well let's talk this, this about... degenerate this degenerate goes so hard it's all part of the process you got to enjoy the ride you know i'm, I'm like so i'm so disciplined right now you know i'm training hard i'm eating right i'm I'm uh, taking care of my body. I'm uh, doing everything. You know, I, th this is saying my first rodeo. I, I know what I got to do to uh, prepare for a fight and I do it. You know, I don't, I have no shortcuts. I do everything I need to do to prepare for this fight. And then after that fight, hell yeah, I'm going to celebrate, you know, what I'm going to eat everything. I'm going to, I'm going to have a great time. And uh, that's what is all your, part go of my what process. is your, what is your go-to like, I'm going to be a fat boy meal, you know, like I'm done cutting uh, weight. I'm fine. Just I won the fight. What are you right. going to? I'm gonna I'm gonna have a uh, uh, Sinelli's pizza waiting for me when I get home. A grandma's pie, and uh, that's my my fiance. Her family owns a pizzeria, so it's. Oh, you wow, you are good. I, you I, are I, I like her even more. I always loved her. Now I like her even more. You are marrying <laughs> well, Mister Favola. Good yeah, choice. Yeah, so. <laughs> Let she'll, me uh, she'll have that uh, pie for me, and then and then the next morning I'll go and get like three uh, bacon, egg, and cheeses, and I'll, and I'll eat. <laughs> I'll eat one on the car ride home, and then I'll eat the, I'll eat the other the other two when I get home. We talked about that over breakfast the other day. Like it's it's fun. I would, it's fun for me to 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 talk to fighters when they're cutting weight because I can see it in their eyes. Like you know they're they're struggling, they're having a hard time, but they you know they know what they got to do. But the things that keep them motivated are the afters it's like man you know what while i'm eating this bowl of brown rice and two freaking uh two two almonds and maybe a hard-rolled egg i'm totally imagining that it's the double cheeseburgers that i'm going to eat as soon as i get through this damn fight and so you can see a little twinkle in their eye the memory oh man that's what puts me at peace i know no matter what happens you know after this fight i'm going to be eating uh eating a pizza pie and having a couple uh a couple of bacon egg and cheeses <laughs> so so we talked a lot about again. We're talking a lot about the, the the training that you guys put in for an MMI fight, and it's it's off the chart. Like like, first of all, I want you to tell me what a week in the life of Matt Frivola is like, and then I want you to kind of get into the idea of you know part of like the the, the fighting is kind of the easy part when you get in the cage, like and you go in and do a fight, like that's. 
that's that's the fun part. That's like, hey, when we're here, this is awesome. I get to go out in the lights and, and, and perform. But like, is there a part of you that kind of enjoys the grind that kind of embraces that, that, that you love that like dirt and grit and pushing yourself and coming in there and tasting your blood and all the other shit like that. Oh yeah. You, you gotta love it. And, the, and, and if you don't love it, uh, those guys get weeded out pretty quick. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, it's tough, you know, no, no lie. It's, it's hard, but, uh, you know, after, after every fight, once I get fat again, and at, once I indulge a little bit, I'm always like, oh my God, I can't wait to get, you know, I can't wait to get back in the fight camp, get back in the train, you know, hard training. So, um, yeah, you, you gotta love it. And, uh, but it, it's like anything, you know, everything's about balance. Uh, you gotta, you gotta be balanced in your life. Uh, you gotta, you gotta have that hard grind, that hard training, but then you gotta enjoy, you know, enjoy, uh, uh, being, you know, having, having a lazy fat day or something, you know, it's all about balance. Yeah, you can't you can't reap the benefits of 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 the 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 hard work and and dedication unless you realize how it's how cool it is to enjoy the hard work you put in. You know, okay. tell us a little bit about what your week is like. Tell us about what 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 are we in? This is the hardest the hardest week typically for you, right? This yeah. is the what the week before fight week, oh, yeah. right? Tell us about what your week's going to be like this week. Yeah, you know, uh, Monday Mondays are always I, I come out swinging on Mondays. Um, I always start out with a swim. I love swimming. I'm a big swimmer. So I'll, I'll do, uh, I'll do my swim sprints in the morning and then I'll go for about a, a fast, uh, three mile run and I'll do, uh, I'll do my ab workout. And then, and I, I like to, I have a good routine and it's kind of like the routine that I do before I fight, before I, I spar, before I do anything. And I'll jump rope for about 10 minutes and, uh, do my stretching routine and then I, I throw I throw a bunch of kicks, my stretch kicks uh, that Eric Parker shot, uh, taught me. I still do those to these days. It's just I throw a bunch of kicks in front of a mirror with my uh, technique, and I'll, I'll shadow box for five minutes, and I'll do three fives on the bag, and uh, that's kind of that's my morning. And then after that, I do hot yoga. I'm a big hot yoga guy. I think it it definitely like centers me, and uh, it's kind of like the yin to my yang and. And, uh, and I go in there and I focus on my breathing and, and it helps with my flexibility, my stability, uh, just my, my breath and all that. And, um, and then that's usually my morning. And then, and then at night, uh, I got jujitsu, uh, nogi jujitsu from, uh, six to about seven thirty, And then we spar after that. So Monday, Monday's a long day. And then, uh, you know, Tuesday, I got morning Muay Thai Tuesday and Thursday morning with uh, crew Dan Rawlings, who's the man. And, uh, and then I usually do that jujitsu, uh, that that pro training that uh, Uncle Coach Kevin's usually at, uh, where we got like, you know, killer after killer, you know, of ten minute rounds in jujitsu. And, um, and then uh, I'll try to get a strength and conditioning, like either a lift in or or uh, or a run. And that's uh, all, that's only that's only day two. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's. Yeah. I'm, I'm also like I, I do a lot, but right now uh, I've got I got a, a an amazing sponsor, uh, U.S. Cryo Tampa, and and I go to I do I do cryotherapy every day, sometimes twice a day, and and, and then I also do ice baths. My my hot yoga spot is uh, Kodari Studios in uh, right in Tampa. It's actually where the old uh, GTS used to be on Henderson. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, and they, oh, they got right. a ice that bath. is a, that is a, that is a thing there now. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. They got Didn't an ice know. bath in the back. Oh, they that's cool. That's cool. You you actually I I think I remember seeing you posted about uh ice cryo specifically, and you were like quoting like that that uh, Wim Hof guy, like the yeah, yeah. the bearded guy oh, with yeah. the long hair, like the uh, ice baths are definitely something. When I was running cross country, that was something I was doing almost every day. It's just great for oh, recovery. Yeah. I'm telling you that the cold, the cold is a game changer. I can, I can feel it almost transforming my body. Like I started out, I, when I start out like fight camp, I'm always like squishy and like, like fat or whatever and out of shape. And then, and I could just feel, you know, I start doing, it's, it's tough. You know, a lot of people like don't want to do it cause it's, it's hard or whatever, but it gets easier. And, uh, you know, now I can, I can sit in the ice bath for, for all, all day. I can do, I can do in the cryo. I could stay in the cryo chamber all day, 
and uh, it, I can feel it. it. It gets my body like like hard. It, literally, my my skin like I, like it gets it like harder, and and uh, and it's just huge for recovery and and my mental. I feel like it's got a mental edge too. Um, yeah, the the cold therapy is a game is a game changer if, if you're not into that yet. So you are in particular because you may be i mean we had joe Lazone on a couple other people like that but you may be one of the more seasoned fighters that we've had on the podcast whereupon like you have signed you made it to the second cut you signed your second contract with the ufc so this is going to be what your fourth or your fifth ufc fight this will be fifth fifth right your fifth ufc fight so when we when we talk about that and and it's fun for me, weird for me to say this because I remember when you were a baby, but like you are like a seasoned grizzly old veteran now. Like I remember talking to you, like talking to you the other day at breakfast, and being impressed with the idea of like wow, like I I'm learning. Well, I always learn from guys, but I'm learning from you. Where I used to be like the old cranky old veteran, like you, you're kind of getting to that stage. Have you found that your training has become more intelligent because of that? Whereupon you realize, okay, wait a minute, like I don't need to risk an injury to push myself just to prove that I'm tough enough because this is what I feel like I need to do. Are you listening to your body? You becoming more intelligent and understanding that you know how to get to where you need to be as a professional? Oh, 100 percent. And and I feel like I, I need to, you know. Um, I'm I'm I just turned 30 years old and and uh like uh, I feel like my body's kind of been been through the grinder, you know. I've been fighting for for ten, uh, nine, ten years now, um, and and I have to be smarter with my training, you know. I've got I've got a torn meniscus, I got a torn labrum, I got a torn labrum, you know. I've I've got I've got I've had a, a bunch of uh, broke this hand three times, you know. I've 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 had the I've had a good amount of injuries, and, and you have to be smart, and you have to. Uh, you know, evolve and, and, uh, and learn from, from your experiences. And, and that's one thing, you know, the, 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 the cold therapy, the Wim Hof breathing, uh, the hot yoga, the swimming, I do these, uh, the lifting, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big lifter. Uh, my strength and conditioning guys up in New York, uh, acceleration sports training, uh, they get me strong, but they keep me healthy. You know, a lot of, a lot of fighters don't, don't really lift weights. They, they think it's gonna like slow them down or whatever, but, but lifting weights keeps me keeps me strong and keeps me healthy. Uh, and, I, and I need to, uh, throughout every fight camp, I need to do hot yoga. I need to swim. I need to lift because uh, th- those are what keeps me healthy. And I've learned that uh, throughout throughout my career what I need to do uh, to, to be able to uh, train like this. That's uh, that's he's laughing. I just see Kevin yeah. Texas laughing at me. <laughs> yeah. I I just I I wanted to like I wanted to go more into uh your jujitsu game, how it feels, gi versus no gi. But I, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh cover this. I'm looking at your your Instagram handle, your your nickname, uh, the Steamroller. I actually cannot not pronounce that in my head. <laughs> Like if I'm not Matt Sarah, like I, I hear whenever I look at it, I hear either Matt Sarah or Ray Longo's thick accents spitting that out. Yeah, <laughs> so I was wondering. Yeah, I know. It's just like I could see them getting red in the face and yelling at you for not doing something. Um, could you talk a little bit about your training uh, with uh, Longo and Sarah, you know, like when you were just starting out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... You know, Ray, Ray Longo is, uh, he's as real as it gets, you know, when he, when he, uh, brings you under his wing, it's, it's your family with him, you know, he'll, he, he doesn't, you know, he'll, he'll look after, he'll look after you like, like you're his son. And, and that's how, that's how I feel, you know, with him. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's anybody better to have, uh, have with you than, than Ray, you know, he's been so many years in the game. And then, and then uh, Sarah, Sarah, you know, every time, every time I'm at Sarah BJJ, you know, I do jujitsu there two, three times a week, usually when I'm up there during camp. And uh, as soon as Matt Sarah walks in the room, you can like, you could feel the energy and not, and you could hear him, you know, he'll walk in the room and be like, <laughs> oh yeah. He'll just, uh, as, soon, as soon as he walks in, he'll say something and then the energy in the room it changes and, and there's nothing like it. And and he's just got so many 
so many savages on the mats. Um, you know, being being able to train uh, train with those guys is is it's it's uh, it's amazing. So, tell us uh, a little bit about. Go ahead, Kev. You got a follow up? I'm sorry. Well, uh, yeah, well, I just had a follow up in that. Okay, so you you've started jujitsu, and I'm going to take you into my point of view real quick because I. I'm not going to lie, Matt. You seem like a great guy, but I hate your guts for this one reason. <laughs> I remember being that white belt who has been around for like a month and like a mo- like maybe two months. And I'm starting to feel like, okay, I'm like, I've got my feet under me. I know what's up. Like I'm going to, I'm going to get ranked soon. And I like, I'm, I'm going to be able to be the best of the white belts. Like that matters. And I remember feeling that way. And then whenever a new person would come in, I would enjoy the fact that I could teach them stuff. But one day some guy came in and uh, it was his first class. And I'm like, it's weird that his ears are already messed up. That's kind of weird. I'm not going to think about it though. He's the new guy. I'll be able to help him out. Uh, And then I asked him if he wanted to roll after class and we were only doing guard stuff. So he looked like he didn't know what he was doing. And he's like, okay. And we start standing in my head. I'm like, I'll take it real slow. Bell rings. I am blast doubled so hard. I start seeing stars when my head hits the mat and he's so tight on me. I actually tap to the top pressure like an asshole. How did it feel being a guy like just starting out in jujitsu, but you did have that wrestling experience. So like, did did you feel like you had that edge on some of the white belts or? You you always got to look out for those gay wrestlers. I know. <laughs> uh, oh, a hundred percent. You know, as soon as I started doing jujitsu, uh, my my wrestling just translated over so well. Just just in uh, controlling people. You know, having having somebody carry my weight. You know, being being able uh, being on top of somebody and and just wearing them out uh, uh, with pressure with having them always always carrying my weight uh that's kind of what the best thing that uh transferred over for me but um but i do i i you know i obviously i was a, I was a wrestler had the wrestling background and my top game was very was very good but i remember when i first started out i took like a couple months where every single roll i did you know i would slap hands and i go right to my butt because I, I had to work my guard i had to get comfortable it, t- it took a little while for me to get comfortable off my back and and uh and get you know the real the real jujitsu in me you know instead of just a a glorified wrestler which is what we like to call them. Yeah, that's that's what I always tell wrestlers in general. Like it's difficult for them to learn how to work off their back because they're just, they're just it's so counterintuitive. Everything they know to be on their back, everything's getting back up their knees again. But you have to force yourself to do it. I had a similar. I had a wrestling background, so when I started jujitsu, like you 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 win a lot of positions, you dominate a lot of matches because you're used to playing on your knees. But that's not everything because there's going to be guys out there can sweep you. There's going to be guys out there that can take you down. And now when you're on your back, you're like, what the hell do I do here? You just have to learn to be confident. So good, good, good advice for those young dominant blue belts that might have uh, wrestling backgrounds. Dial it back a little bit. Go to your butt and learn to work off your butt. It's going to make your jujitsu so much better. Yeah. So I, I got a quick one for you, man. This is, this is something that I, that I've been interested to ask you a lot. So, uh, you're fighting Roosevelt Roberts uh, this weekend. And Roosevelt has been quite boisterous in his talking about calling you out. He's pretty obviously excited about fighting you. Wants the world to know that I'm going against Matt Favoli, called you out, said you ducked him, whatever, whatever guys do to sell fights. Um, one thing that I notice about you in particular is that, you know, a lot of guys when they do those things, they're doing things like that, not just to promote a fight, but to find some kind of a reason to motivate themselves to go out there and do the things they do. Because getting in a cage and fighting someone's difficult. Like it's hard. You gotta dig deep. You know, it's there's a frightening process. There's fear. You know, there's a lot of things that happen. And sometimes when guys get get in that state, they're doing it as kind of a what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of a posturing type thing to get themselves ready to fight. One thing I've noticed about you is that, like, you don't need that. Like, I've never seen it. Like, you are just born to be a warrior, which is one of the reasons I was like, Roosevelt, Rob, watch who you're calling out because you don't want to stoke this guy and give me any reason to kick your ass. But 
Tell me some of the, the things that at your core focus you and make you ready to be the warrior that I know you are. Because, man, and you you're are you're you're not allowed to say knowing that there's three bacon, egg, and cheeses waiting for you. Yeah, me right. It's not, the, it's not the bacon, egg, and cheese. It's not the pizza. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, you know, uh, I, I'm a I'm a competitor at heart, and and uh, and that that's what you know. And a warrior, you know, I, I was I was born that way. I, I was grown up that way. I think I, you know, like I said before, I had a twin brother growing up and we competed in everything and uh, and i've just always been a competitor you know if even if we're doing anything you know i want to win and uh, and i'm gonna i'm gonna do do the you know do everything i can to win and um you know it doesn't it, it doesn't really matter uh who it is what it is you know uh if you know i i got i got this fight it does i kind of doesn't matter who you know I, i'm focused on on going out there and uh, putting the best Matt Frivola out there to uh, go and get the job done. And uh, yeah, this guy's been, this guy's been calling me out. You know, every time he gets a mic in his face, he uh, says my name and you know, that, that doesn't bother me at all. You know, he, he, he wants to keep saying my name on ESPN, you know, go for it. <laughs> uh, so, and, and it was a funny story. Uh, so uh, Billy Q's last fight, I was I was out there with him, and uh, Roosevelt fought on that same card. He fought uh, Brock Weaver, and and I saw him, and uh, we're in the well, we're in the uh, like the lobby as soon as I get there, and then and then Roosevelt walks in, and like I couldn't, I I was like pretty sure it was him, but everyone's got mat had masks on, you know, but then and then like I start walking up to him, and I'm like, all right, yeah, that's him, and then we start like walking up to each other, and then. Uh, the U, all the UFC, uh, like uh, all the UFC staff, like run over to us, thinking we're gonna like scrap in the middle of the lobby, or whatever. And and then I just I just talked to him. He's like he's like yo man, because we were supposed to fight in April, right. and uh, that fight got canceled. And then uh, Billy Q got rebooked, and uh, Roosevelt got rebooked, and I didn't get rebooked yet because I wasn't able to train up in New York as much as I needed to. Uh, so and then we, he was just like yo man, what happened? And I was like. And I just told him, uh, you know, you, you handle you handle your business, and, and we'll be. I'll see you down the line. And he and he just gave me, you know, a little head nod, and he he won that fight. And uh, I always knew this, you know, this fight was going to happen down, you know, whether whether it be this this next fight or, or down the down the road, because you know he he's very good. He's a great, very skilled fighter, and um, and I, I you know I've always known that that this fight was going to happen and. And why not? Why not the next? So now I'm prepared for it, and uh, I'm ready, ready to go out there and beat his ass. I would actually, I, I would love to talk about your preparation for a second. That's cool, just because you know you're a very accomplished purple belt. You, you've got the wrestling background, and uh, Roosevelt, uh, of his ten wins, half of them have come by submission. So are, are you? is a lot of your preparation more jujitsu centered than it might've normally been, or is it all the same, like not changing much? Yeah. You know, um, I'm always doing, I'm always preparing jujitsu. I'm always preparing striking. I'm always doing wrestling. Um, I know, I know he's very, he's very good on the ground. He's, he's, he's good everywhere. You know, every, everyone's going to be real good, but, but, uh, he's, he's like a, a tall, uh, lanky. I think he's like, he's six, two, um, he's got a very good guillotine. So that's one thing that we've been uh, preparing for that I'm, that I'm prepared for. Um, but you know, he's good, but guess what? I'm good. So it's going to be a good fight. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Gallagher is Matt Favola good. Just oh, yeah. a- <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, Matt, Maddie's not going to tell you, but I'll tell you, like, you know, Maddie, Maddie took some time off to serve our country and serve his country when he went into the reserves and he went into the military. So, like, that purple belt he has, you know, should be way, way higher ranked than what it is just based upon the time he's been training. And uh, thank you for your service, Mr. Maffervola. I really appreciate that on a very, you know, very real note. But, like, the idea is, is, like, you know, he is 100% legit when i roll with matt when i see him across the room there's a part of me that says fuck like i'm gonna roll with matt 
because he's looking at me and we made eye contact. I'm not going to enjoy this because if the fucker catches me, I'm never going to hear the end of it. So I have to fight hard. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't allow him to submit me because that would just be, I just like Maddie, I have that little crazy little warrior fighter and fighter side inside of me too. But man, is it 100% hell on earth every time I roll with this kid? Fuck yeah, it is. He's a next level <laughs> athlete and like a professional UFC fighter. So I have I have a quick one for you, Matt. Let me find out what where, where I circled here. I got my little list of shit I write down to ask you questions about. Um, when we had lunch the other day, we were talking about sort of things, and I just like I said that we were talking about Roosevelt and your upcoming fight. And I was saying, you know, he's super tough. And he looked at me and he said something that I thought really kind of resonated with me. He's like, you know, Coach Kevin, like, where when you're fighting at the level that I'm fighting at, everybody's tough. You know, you have to – there's there's no easy fights. And when I say that, I say, obviously, when you get to the UFC, everybody's good. But when you get to that next level, when you're getting to that second contract, when you're starting to weed out the guys that maybe, you know, they made it, but maybe they just weren't really 100% ready for it yet, or maybe they weren't really as good as they thought they could have been, or they never panned out, blah, 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 blah. But when you're starting to work towards getting ranked and you're starting to work towards moving up the ladder – like how much difference in your recognition is the the competition level when you start to go up there and when you say those guys are all good like that? Yeah, you know, uh, I I think you're definitely right. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure Roosevelt has has like about uh, uh, six or seven UFC fights uh, under his belt, and and this will be my fifth fight. And I think you, once you get past you know those those UFC debut. Or, 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 you know, one, two fights in the UFC. Cause a lot of guys go in there, they have their UFC debut, they, they lose, and then they lose their second fight, boom, they're cut. You know, uh, so that, that's once you get that, that second contract, I think uh, you kind of establish yourself in the UFC, you know, right around, you know, four or five fights. Um, and, and then you've been there before, you kind of don't have those octagon jitters, you know the process, you know the fight week, you know you're checking in. You know, you know the process, um, and it's you know you've been there before, and uh, I think it, that definitely uh, it just comes with anything. It's with more experience, you get more comfortable, and you feel at home in the octagon. And uh, you know that's that's where I'm at, and that's where he's at. That's that's going to make that's what's going to make this fight uh, so exciting. Yeah, man, that's that's cool man I, I I think about that a lot and I think about just like what you said the idea of comfort the idea of like uh you know you've you've been there you've done this you understand all of there's there's not many curveballs that could be thrown your way at this point that would throw you off of your game every everything that could have happened by this point has happened to you in one way or another to kind of screw up your 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 train of thought to screw up your routine to screw up everything you have to think about. Yeah. In that regard, I got one more follow-up question for you. Then I'll let Kevin talk. Maybe. <laughs> um, what, uh, do you, so we talked about you being the veteran, being around for a while. Do you still get nervous? Is there still a part of you that you still kind of have those fears that you have to kind of beat back and you have to kind of put in your pocket and say, "All right, man, like, yeah, I've got, I've got my leg, like, like, like uh, what's his name? Uh, Donald Cerrone says when he did his little video, I got this voice in my head telling me I'm a bitch. I'm this, I'm that. Like, I don't need you to talk to me. I got my own problems fucking with me. Like, is there still that little voice in your head that messes with you and tells you, man, why are you doing this? What's going on? How, how, how you know, the fear. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd be lying if I told you no, you know, I think that, but the thing is, is when you're, when you, uh, experience when you've done this you know i know it i know i know it's going to be there it's always going to be there but through my hard work breeds my confidence and that, that's always what i say you know i every single fight i've taken um i put the work in i know i put the work in i know i'm prepared and i know i'm ready and that that's kind of what what uh what drowns out that voice is is my hard work breeds my confidence and uh i always you know think of as much as I don't really like the guy, I guess John Jones, you know, he always says you're always going to have those, uh, those butterflies. You just have to make them fly in formation. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, and, I, and I always, yeah, I always agree with that. And, um, you know, it's, it's almost, I almost, uh, say it's, I'm more anxious, you know, especially at this point, like, uh, I'm, a, I'm a week, a, in a week I'm going to Vegas. I've got, this is my last hard week of training. 
I'm prepared. You know, right now, if, if I were to fight tomorrow, I'm 100% ready. But, I, you know, I got to I got uh, to do I got to do the process. You know, I got to finish out this fight camp, train hard, train smart. I'm ready to go. And, and even when I get there in fight week, even on fight day, I'm, you know, it's it's not that I'm, I'm nervous. I, I wouldn't call it nervous or scared. It's more like, all right, you know, let's go. Let's do this. Come on. You know, oh, like, like, let's go. Let's go. It's 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 anxious. And uh, you just recognize it. You you recognize it. You take it for what it is, and uh, and you you learn to love it. You know, you learn to you you miss it. You know, like when I'm and then I, I remember I remember whenever I get the get the feeling again, I think like when after a fight when I'm fat and happy and I'm like, man, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that feeling again. And uh, and you you take it for what it is. You stay present and you appreciate it for what it is. Man, I, 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 you know, again, I've never fought in the UFC, but I've done some pretty cool things in jujitsu on some pretty big stages. And like, I can tell you, just like you said, man, there's nothing in the world, no drug, no alcohol, no feeling at all. That's the feeling of that. Just like you said, you're afraid, you're anxious, but you know what? You want it. You feel it. You love it. You want to go out there and conquer you're those ready. demons. And you're, you're ready, ready, bro. It's oh, I just get I get fired. I get fired up just talking about it, baby. I'm ready to go <laughs> scream, my dog. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be a he's gonna be a problem in training tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you fired him up too much. <laughs> Yo, Maddie, what's good, man? <laughs> Me and Maddie go way back, man. I, I man, love you. Show up and Billy's ball, like, man. you show up and Billy's like, dude, what the hell did you do, Kev? He's tearing up everybody, man. <laughs> I got one more quick story just to tell before when we still got Maddie. It kind of correlates to this, just because we talked yeah, about yeah. getting fired up and all. Like, maybe, I'll let, maybe, maybe I'll let you talk in a minute, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one one of my favorite all time stories, favorite all trips. We just talked about this a little bit on when Matt posted stuff on Instagram. Was the 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 fight when Matt was in Vegas and went on to win the Contender Series. So. That series, that fight on that Tuesday fell on the same week, the following Tuesday after the Masters Worlds in Las Vegas. And every year there's about seven or eight of us that go out to Vegas and we get an Airbnb or we stay in hotels, whatever we do. And we spend from Wednesday or Thursday to Sunday and do Vegas and do the Masters Worlds and in between we party and all this stuff. And particularly because we're black belts, we get to go first. So as soon as we're done, we spend the rest of the week partying. So that week we decided to stay because Maddie was fighting on Tuesday. So we stayed an extra two days until Tuesday to watch Matt Favola fight and eventually win in the Contender Series. And I can tell you this, if you've never been to Las Vegas before, when you spend nine days in Las Vegas, it is a very soul-searching, <laughs> just crushing experience. So to add, to add on to that, that was the the weekend of the Mayweather McGregor fight. That's right. That, Jesus, that's you guys right. Were I in forgot Vegas about that. It during the Maymac weekend. fight. Yeah, yeah. I forgot wow. about that. So yeah, needless Vegas to say. Great. We were we were worked up. We were amped up. We partied our asses off. And I just remember one of one of my favorite things. And you know, and we still, I you know, I'm there to watch. I'm I'm there for a purpose. Like the party is cool. Mayweather's cool, but I don't give a shit about Mayweather Connor. I'm here for my boy Maddie. You know, what I'm here. I'm here to get wild up. I'm going to the freaking to the at that time it was still in the fighter house, the UFC, uh, the the ultimate, ultimate fighter fighter house. And I'm I'm fired up. You know what I mean? So like, obviously, we parted our asses off. Monday night, we were out to God knows when. You know the next Monday, Tuesday morning, more than likely. So we have to get up and we have to be at uh, the Palms by four or whatever it was and take the bus over to the, to the fire house. And so when we get there, obviously I am rallying with every ounce of energy I have left in my entirety of my body. And literally in my mind, I'm thinking to myself like, all right, this is it. Like you have to find some ounce of soul or, or love or something inside of you to get hyped up and cheer for Matt Favola. And like when Matt won that fight, I screamed and hollered. I think my eyeballs were going to pop out of my head. I don't think that after that I was, I was right for probably another two, three months after that. Like it was, <laughs> I left a part of my soul cage side uh, to continue for my man, Matt Favola. It's just, it's a fun story to tell. I love telling that story. Man. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was a great time. I, I I want to be disappointed in you, but that's such a that's such a great story that I'm like I'm happy that you were able to pull it together for your boy. 
but you're also just like, ah, oh, you're such a mess, Kevin. <laughs> uh, well, it was it was a group. It was a group excursion. It was. I mean, no, me. but was, like, I'm like, I can't really get mad because it's Vegas during the Maymac fight back when we still had a civilization. Exactly. So like, like that? I'm thinking this quarantine has made me realize about all the partying I should have done. Just because now that now we can't do anything, all the training I should have done. Oh man, you almost, you almost good, got a new uh, Snoop Dogg's trailer, right? Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. I forgot <laughs> about that. I, I never told you yeah, that story either. Snoop, Jesus, Snoop no! Dogg was uh, Snoop Dogg was commentating uh, my fight. They had the Snoop cast. This was uh, the first season of the Contender series. So uh, uh, after the fight, Snoop Dogg was like, you know. You're the steamroller. I'm the weed roller, and he he was lo- loving my fight and and, and whatever. And, and my dad, my dad, uh, who's at all my fights, goes up to Snoop Dogg and he's like, he's like, yo, Snoop, uh, I had my bucket on my bucket list is uh, for me to smoke some weed with you." And Snoop, Snoop looks at my dad and goes goes, "Yeah, yeah, pops, let's go." And 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 uh. Snoop Dogg brings my dad and my brother into his trailer, and they and they smoke a nice uh, victory blunt. <laughs> so da- the version you, wait, of that wait, story, wait. The, my wait. version of that story, real quick, is like as I see all of this happening as it's starting to unfold, and I'm literally Matt Favola's dad, Matt Favola's brother, and me in line, and as I'm trying to pretend like I'm supposed to be there to walk up into <laughs> the trailer. I see Matt Pavola's dad go in. I see Matt Pavola's brother go in. And then I see an arm come right in front of me, which is which is Snoop Dogg's security guard. And I look at him like, please, please, please. And he just looks at me and he goes, nope. <laughs> it ain't going to uh-uh. happen. So I missed by one by one man my chance to smoke a blunt with uh, with Snoop Dogg. So, oh, uh, my God. That. Wait, did you, Wait, so Matt, did your dad smoke Snoop out? Like no, they, had a, they had a good time. <laughs> oh my god, that is one. Your dad's probably the most chill dad I've ever heard of. Like, holy yeah, shit! So let's talk a little bit about that, Matt, because uh, I know you, and I know you well, and I know your family, and I know your dad well, and I also know the hordes of fans that you bring with you <laughs> from Long Island. Like, it is insane. This guy travels deep and hard. No, yeah. tell us a little bit about what it's like. First of all, to have your dad in your corner because your dad is amazing. Your, your his dad, Sal, Big Sal, is the reason. Is the 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 isn't he the one that came up with Steamroller? Or is that your dad's brother or your dad's buddy? Yeah, and, yeah it's anyway. him, him and my my uncle. Tell us a little bit about what it's like having those guys in your corner to get you amped up. Oh man, it, it's the best. You know, uh, my my support system is is there. You know, they're there for me when I win and they're there for me for my, when I lost, you know, and, and that's, that means the world to me. Uh, just that, that, you know, that they say that I, I, I inspire them and that I can like, and that they, they love, they love every part of the journey. And, uh, for me to be able to bring them with me on the journey, you know, I understand it's just me stepping into that cage, but, uh, but it's really, you know, I, I'm I'm not fighting just for myself. I'm fighting uh, for everybody who's uh, supporting, me. and uh, and that just is another little bit of motivation. And uh, and my dad loves it. You know, he uh, he never really uh, played played too many sports when he was growing up, but uh, he was he's been with me, uh, me and my brother. You know, while we were playing football, while we were playing baseball, uh, while I was wrestling, he was at every every wrestling match back in high school. Um, he's been on the journey with me and, uh, and, you know, to, he, he cornered me, uh, for my, my fight at Madison square garden and for me to be able to, uh, to, to, you know, give that to him, to have him, uh, be with me in the most famous arena at Madison square garden and have him walk into battle with me, uh, you know, meant the world to me and meant the world to him. And, uh, and then to go out there and put on an epic fight, which I did, uh, it was, it's it's you know it makes everything uh makes everything that i do uh you know uh worth it you know yeah man i is 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 there a part of you that like cuz i know i do when i'm competing there's a part of me like that you know athletes always looking for any kind of edge they can get especially in a sport like fucking mma or jiu jitsu or whatever kind of hand to hand combat shit like you you your mind goes to dark dark places there's moments when you're telling yourself i should just quit why am i doing this for like what what's going on 
I mean, do, do you use the fact that like you have all of these people there in your corner and all these people that are there that this is, does that like drive you? Does that make you strong? Do you look to dig into that and channel that when you're in those dark places? 100%. I'll, I'll always hear him uh, cheering for me, telling me to push it. And, uh, you know, I'll, I could, I'll hear his voice out of any crowd. Um, and, you know, even, even this next fight, he won't. He won't be there. But I'll hear him. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I I lost my father about five six years ago, and and it's very similar circumstances. Like I, I freaking you know he was there at all my wrestling matches, there my boxing matches. He was always there, and I could always hear him. He was like my number one fan, one of my like my best friend in the world. And like he was, ne- he wasn't alive when I won the world, so he wasn't there when I you know when I started doing really cool stuff with jujitsu competitions. But like, there's a part of me that's still to this day feels him in my head and knows he's there to watch him. I wear his little, there's a little St. Jude medal around my neck. Every time I compete, I take it off. I give it a little kiss and I say, Hey dad, make me strong. You know what I mean? Like it's got yeah, to get a little yeah. teary thinking about it, but it's, it's, it's something, man. It, he people, had the best it's, it's something. Yeah. 100%, man. 100%. Well, cool, man. Kev, you got anything else you want to hit him up with, man? Uh, real quick. I just, uh, that was a beautiful story and I, yeah. I have enough Catholic school education uh, in me to to remember this. Do you know what St. Jude is the patron saint of? St. Jude is the patron saint of hopeless causes. Hopeless causes, <laughs> baby. That's why, that's why I got a St. Jude tattoo right here in my arm, my man. Oh, yeah. I have a question, but I real quick, I just wanted to check and see. This is your brother smoking with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> it's just... just- Kevin, that's supposed to be me. I hate. I know you. You missed it. It could have been you. I, I am right there. <laughs> like this, man. I'm on the other side of that door. I think I can hear you banging on the door. Let me in, man. Let me in, dude. This is once in a lifetime. <laughs> I just Funny. wanted to. I just wanted to say I found yeah, that your, just your brother. Just so we know, like, we're not making that up. Yeah, <laughs> that's impressive. I'm, 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 I'm impressed with you for. Pull, 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 pull. I had to. Well, apparently, apparently, your brother got into it with Robbie Fox from Barstool, so it was kind of oh, easy yeah. to. It was kind of <laughs> easy to find, but. But yeah, I so it, I just wanted to like before we move on the the being your parents being so on board is kind of a rare thing for MMA fighters, you know, just because MMA is such a a brutal sport it had a bit of an image problem in like the the 90s and the early 2000s for being like human cage fighting it was banned so uh, it, but you know seeing how chill your dad is i guess it's no surprise that your whole family was really supportive um were they were they ever unsure about your career path and did they ever try and tell you to do something else or not once no they wow. always they've always they they almost i mean honestly my my entire family they they believed in me they believe in me more than i believe in myself sometimes and uh that's something that really drives me but i tell you man you have never seen anything like a matt Ravola fight you, I, i'm not joking kev i'm not like there'll be people that'll show up for this it's like the whole goddamn island shows up. Like all of Long Island is well, I there. Mean, like, where that's what, that's what happens. Shows. Like Ally Akinta, like everybody, like everyone rolls out the red card. Long <laughs> Island, like I'm from Jersey, so I'm used to like people thinking I'm like an abrasive asshole before I even uh, walk into a room. And they're not wrong. But even Jersey people don't mess with people from Long Island. We're like, yeah, no, we don't. We don't want to get involved. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of beef in the tri-state area i will say that um but yeah uh, uh one of the other one of the last things i was hoping we could talk about very briefly is the a subject that's a bit controversial for some mma fighters uh the pay scale uh in mma and and the ufc in particular has a lot of people concerned you know you're getting record setting pay-per-view buys but a ton of fighters on the on the under contract with the promotion are living below the poverty line. And uh, as someone who's just signed their second contract, who's made that cut has uh, spent a lot of time in the organization. I was wondering if you could give us some, some of your thoughts on how fighters are compensated, at least in the UFC. Yeah. You know, we're, we're only paid when we fight and then, and then coming, you know, at a time like now, 
where where it's you know a lot of people can't even train for their fights because all the gyms are closed it's tough and then and then even like uh my last two fights were canceled you know it's it's tough like like luckily uh my last fight that got canceled uh the ufc did they did the right thing and they still paid me but for a little while i wasn't sure if i was going to get paid you know i my last fight camp uh, it was june 20th i was supposed to fight and and i i left home i i left home i came down to tampa i did a, a six week six week fight camp in tampa um which you know that costs money and uh and then my fight got canceled and then i was not sure if i was going to get paid and and it is it's rough you know uh and then and then I, it's it's just and then uh something about uh, the ufc uh, you know paying out uh like 19 per, or 17 or 19 percent of the total revenue uh, when other other professional sports uh, make like 50% of the total revenue, you know, it's, it's definitely something that needs to change. And the fighters, you know, the UFC would be nothing without the fighters. And and I think they, they need to realize that, um, I think they're kind of in the, in the shoes that they're like, they're like, uh, Oh, you don't want to fight. Boom. We'll cut you and we'll just pick up anybody else to fight. And, and I mean, that's not right. I think they need to uh, appreciate the fighters more. And, uh, and I, we need to give, we need to get paid like these other professional sports get paid and right. uh hopefully hopefully that hopefully that happens soon hopefully that change happens soon it happens soon but i don't think it's going to happen without a fighters union and who the fuck knows how that's going to happen so yeah i i think about that too uh uh matt and you know i think a lot about you know the the, the aspects of what professional fighting is and like you know professional fighters from boxing all the way down, like you get real good money for the payday when you, when you fight sometimes, you know what I mean? I'm sure you're getting paid well for your, for your fights, but the idea is what happens in those times in between or after your retirement or when you, when you move on, because you know, a hundred grand, 200 grand, whatever, you know what I'm talking about over the course of, you know, eight years sounds like a whole shit ton of money. Maybe if you may, even if you're making 300 grand over the course of six, seven years, five, six years in the UFC, three, four years in the UFC sounds like a shit ton of money. But it's really not when you got to start paying your, you know, you got to pay your managers, you got to pay your expenses, you got to move around, you got to do all kind of stuff. And before you know it, that money's gone. And you've seen a lot of guys that are stuck without anything after they retire or even I mean, while they're fighting. To say nothing about if you have a really successful career, but you end up in the hospital after most of your fights. Yeah. Like if you if you win, but you suffer such critical damage, you know, those those stays aren't aren't cheap man <laughs> i was i've oh, rolled I've, ro- I've taken one ambulance ride in my entire life and that's one too many after i saw the bill <laughs> but i mean it's even it's even training you know training if you get hurt in training that's when it's tough you know we right. we get insurance after fights but we don't we only get insurance after fights like you know if i get hurt in training you ain't covering. Yeah. They're, they're not covering that. I, if I get hurt in training, I gotta suck it up, train through. You know, like do what I gotta do to to heal, and then I gotta make it to the fight. And then after I fight, I tell them my injury. You know, right. and then I can get covered. <laughs> right. That's the truth, man. It's 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 a shitty it's a shitty uh shitty setup, man. And it's based upon the old school idea of like, well, fighters never fall. You're, you're a boxer. You're not an athlete. We don't have you, you know, when, when you were back in the old days of professional fighting, there wasn't any kind of, of contractual obligations like you do with the UFC. When you're a fighter in the UFC, you fight for the UFC. It's not like you can say, well, I'm going to go fight for somewhere else. I'm going to go fight somewhere else. You can say, okay, well, fuck you. You're cut now. Right. So like, if they're going to hold you those, those contracts and then it keep you in line for what they want, they should be giving you insurance. They should be giving you some kind of I, I'm a firm believer in like when you're fighting for the UFC, when you're under contract for the UFC, you should be getting 50 grand a year, 45 grand a year, 100 grand a year as your salary. Then bonuses on top of that are for your fight pay. That's just my opinion on the matter. And then when you get cut, you get cut. But when you're contractually obligated by the UFC, they should be making sure that you don't have to work a side job or you don't have to figure out a way to pay to go train somewhere else if you need to train or if you get hurt while you're training, they should they should they should be able to take care of you because of that. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, thing, things are, have been, you know, uh, getting better, but I don't, I don't really think there's going to be any real change until you see a fighter's union. But yeah. I mean, that's, that's just a whole nother thing. And, 
every anytime like a fighter fighters union even like gets started uh dana white will like just cut anybody who's like, yeah right exactly associated yeah. With it. it just cleans it up quick but <laughs> uncle, uh, uncle dana ain't he does not have yeah. time for a union <laughs> he ain't messing with I mean, no unions hopefully he doesn't like listen yeah. to the jiu-jitsu times <laughs> 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 i'm not gonna i'm okay. already i already feel lie. mad arroyo sending me a text <laughs> not gonna lie that would be the biggest for me i would feel bad for you it would be the biggest feather in my cap if we got dana white mad because we we're talking about a union <laughs> And I do yeah. agree. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that these are athletes operating at the, the bleeding edge of a sport, you know, at, at the bleeding edge of martial arts and combatives as we know them. And yet you got guys like, you know, as, as hilarious as it is for ally Akinta to be such a good fighter and also a real estate agent on the side, that's a alarming. You never hear about, you know, so obviously top 10. He's huh? a top ten fighter in the world, and he's got to and he's got to work another job. You know, it's yeah, it's definitely it's, you don't hear about you don't hear about like uh, Tom Brady having to sell insurance on the side to to or or even for, for, forget Tom Brady. Think about the third string, you know, the third string cornerback for the Cleveland Browns. You know, he's making yes. three hundred grand a year. You know what I mean? It's that everything is that fifteen percent number. That's everything. That's such a horrible, horrible payout. No matter what, Danny White tries to do to skate the issue no matter what he does to try to tap dance around that there's a lot of percent of the revenue in, uh, a lot of UFC money going other places a lot of money in the, in the ufc and and uh i think the you know I, I think everyone agrees that the fighters you know deserve a bigger cut and uh hopefully that's what we get you know i think i think if we all as a country and a world and the world agree to just if we all agree to stop caring about baseball at the same time and just all that money going to baseball we just take it and shuffle it over here i think maybe everyone would be a lot happier <laughs> like let's just get a bunch of guys like all these guys are kind of sitting and maybe hitting the ball if they're good or if they, they don't and then they're running unless they get tagged and so the, the game's the game's over. Yeah, Let's just yeah, take all yeah. that money. Like we'll give you the triple A. We'll give you the farm team. We'll give you a little a little diamond. That then we move all that money over here. And I've successfully gotten a lot of baseball fans mad at me, but I don't. I don't. Well, care. you also look like uh, you know MMA is still in the infancy of uh, the sport. You know, compared to other sports, uh, and and it's moving in the right direction. Uh, and I'm just hoping that. It keeps moving that way uh, faster, I guess. It just it just breaks my heart a lot to see guys and know what I know about fighting and being around this sport for oh, as yeah, long as I hardest, have. It's the hardest sport in the world, and we get paid the worst. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you. I see so many old boxers <laughs> that are broken down and beaten up. That like you know thought you know, they they made it X Y Z. They went pretty far, and now they're fucking doing horseshit to try to make that money. is. Yeah. That is a real quick. That is a great sign, uh, uh, sound bite from Matt from <laughs> It's the hardest sport in the world for pay side. <laughs> yeah, right. We're paid the worst. <laughs> but yeah, don't don't cut any of these promos. <laughs> no, <laughs> we wouldn't dream. <laughs> no, of well, actually, no. I mean those those uh, the jujitsu guys. Uh, they they have a tough time getting paid too. You know. I was nah, actually. I, we we got right? to yeah. I'm unless you're Gordon, Gordon Ryan, Ryan right. and Andre Galval. Yeah, Tom I was blast. actually. We've got to um, we got to wrap this up just because uh, you know I've got I've got to go run to my uh, my other job. You got to make sure so your, ban your bananas are your bananas are good. Got to stroke them bananas, you know. Like someone's <laughs> got to do it. Um, I was actually uh, as a last little question. Um, a lot we've seen a lot of UFC fighters uh, transition or, or MMA fighters dabble in submission grappling and jujitsu competitions on the side a lot of guys go to submission underground um some go to like polaris and uh and quintet famously do you have any desire to to dip your toe into that realm and if so are there any matchups from the jujitsu world that you would love to to make happen yeah i definitely want to do that and and even uh before all this like Corona shit was going on, uh, I was talking with the rise, the rise invitational up there. Um, and I, and like, I would, I would definitely like to do like a, a match, like, uh, in between fights and stuff and get back like competing and grappling and stuff. Uh, 
that, you know, I, I love, I love all martial arts, you know, I wish I could go and take a Muay Thai fight, you know, too, but, uh, I'm under contract with the UFC. Can't do that. But, uh, they let, they let us do grappling, grappling matches. So I'd hundred percent want to do that. And then, uh, for matches, um, I don't, I don't know really. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely open to it. All right, he's, you heard it here first. Matt Favola calling out Kevin Gallagher for no time limits, club only I'm match. Great I'm coming this I'm December. <laughs> I don't want any. I don't want Matt to be upset with me for any reason. I got to see that fucker oh. in the gym this week. I don't want. I don't want him looking at me like it's you. It's go time, Uncle Coach Kev. I don't need that in my life. <laughs> All right, well that's that's it for me, Kev. You got any? Any last I, questions? I fucking love you, Matt Favola. Thank you very much for coming on the show, bro. You're one of my favorites. Yeah. You're one of my boos. I've known you since fucking baby. It's been a joy and a privilege for me to watch you become what you become because I always knew it was going to happen. Thank you so much for making you me. You got a piece in that, Coach. You've taught me a lot. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Anything yeah. you want to anything you want to talk about? You want to talk about your fight? Anything? Any sponsors? Anything you want to talk uh, about? I'm fighting uh, September 12th. Uh, not this weekend. Next weekend. So you can see that. Uh, Thanks, everyone. Uh, Grace Tampa South, who I've been doing this fight camp, and then everyone up in New York, Longo and Weidman, Sarah BJJ. Uh, right here, we got No Judges we Needed. No Judges Needed. Uh, remember, no judges needed, uh, we are also a sponsor of No Judges Needed, and go, and go ahead and use that promo code JJT at checkout for 20% off. Let them know we sent you. Uh, we love we love No Judges Needed. They're, they're our day yeah, ones. Yeah. They're our boys. <laughs> And then another, like, uh, you know, this is like a jujitsu podcast. Uh, I'm good friends with like the, the fourth stringers, fourth stringers army. I don't know if you guys know about them. Like, uh, they're big jujitsu guys, uh, uh, Fabian. And, uh, I guess a bunch of the, whenever you see like a fourth, fourth stringer rash guard, those are my boys. Uh, and they're always competing and stuff. So yeah, I guess that's it. Dope, man. Uh all right. Well, th Matt, thank you so much. This has been another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I've been your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher, and UFC fighter Matt Frivola. Be sure to check out his match uh, uh, September 12th. It is sure to be a barn burner. Uh, Matt, thanks once again for coming on the show. And in the meantime, all of you listeners out there, stay safe, stay healthy, and remember to love each other. We'll see you next time. See you guys. Take it easy, Peace. man. Peace.